I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Welcome along to the Rocky Road Boxing Podcast with me, your host, Kevin Byrne. Eight Irish boxers are gearing up for a tournament that could be life-changing. Martin McDonough, Keelan Cassidy, Aidan Walsh, Jude Gallagher, Sean Murray, Grania Walsh, Jennifer Lahan, and Dana Morehouse are geared up and ready to go in Italy. The first Olympic World Qualifier begins on Monday, March 3rd and runs over 16 boxing sessions until the following Monday. The eight Irish boxers taking part know their mission, qualify for the semi-final in Milan, and they will book their ticket to Paris 2024, joining the five who've already qualified. Reigning lightweight champion Kelly Harrington, along with Michaela Walsh, Aoife O'Rourke, Dean Clancy and Big Jack Marley. Joining me today is someone who knows all about performing at this stage. In 2012, Adam Nolan needed to go one step further than the current crop when he rocked up in Trabzon in Turkey. He needed to reach the welterweight final to earn his place at London 2012. And he not only did that, he went and won the tournament outright. Adam's with us to tell us how he did it and talk about how the class of 2024 can go about their own Italian job. And uh, amateur boxing expert Alan Donlan is back after the, doing a, a review show of the elites. Alan, you were a big hit. I was getting loads of messages about your insights. So I think it's great to have you with us to discuss this massively important tournament again. Adam, it's a big one, isn't it? It is, Kevin. Yeah, yeah, it is. And uh it's great chatting to you. Long time no speak. Thanks for having me on. Um, yeah, it's 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 big. Um, I'm sure they're looking forward to it. I'm following a lot of these boxers on on social media, and it brings back great memories. I was lucky enough to to be in a CC on three different training camps, and I suppose we would have been in a lot of tough places, uh, a lot of Eastern European countries, um, with tough tough conditions. Tough training camps, but the one training camp I really, really, really enjoyed because of the the weather, I suppose, and the culture was was a CC in Italy. So I'm following all the lads, and as you say, we have five qualified. But looking at the eight uh, that will be going to Milan in a couple of weeks, I think we can. I definitely think we can add another. You know, sport is funny. We may add only one or two, but I, I have a feeling we could, we could add, we could add three or four. Um, but uh, the likes of the names, of, the names that jump out, Kevin, obviously, are you know Dana Morehouse, another uh, girl from from Bray, trying to follow in 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 Katie's footsteps. She's a, she's a great bit of stuff. You know, Grania Walsh will fancy her chances. 
um, we can we, we we see how capable she she has been in, in recent years, getting a great decision against uh, Amy Broadhurst in the in the Elise last year, and obviously Keelan Cassidy and, and Aidan Walsh who's been there and done it four years ago. So looking forward to it. I think I think um, Paris twenty twenty four is only around the corner, but I think we can send a really really strong team there. But there's still a bit of work to do. Mm, that's right, Adam. Alan. There's a lot of work to do. You've been, I believe in at the high performance unit and you've seen these boxers preparing Could be tools the national teams that are working on mostly under age Kevin I haven't seen a whole part of the of the high performance team as well they've been uh, even though they've been covered really well on social media they're working really hard behind closed doors but uh, you've been following as best you can and not just now but for the last couple of years I think all eyes and all attention have been on them because I think there's a weight of expectation people know how well they can do We'll bring it back uh, to the 2012, 2012 European Boxing Olympic Qualification Tournament. It was held in Trabzon, Adam. Um, was it the high point of your boxing career, winning that tournament? Like, Because I just want to know what the uh, what the Irish team are going to be going through now over in Assisi. Like, you're, you're going to an Olympic qualifier. You know that your career lies on it almost. Everything you've worked for comes down to this moment. You went over with a strong Irish team at the time. Uh, Joe Ward is there, Con and Tommy McCarthy, Ross Hickey, Paddy Barnes, David Oliver-Joyce. And uh, any one of you is capable of qualifying for the Olympic Games at that tournament. And it's your moment. Paddy Barnes also qualifies. But it's your moment. Yeah. Can, can, you, can you bring us back to uh, Trab's on? I know it's it's not today or yesterday. Likewise. Uh, but Yeah, no, it was, listen, it was the greatest, greatest week of my life. I, I, I suppose I, I felt like it was a big underdog going over. But I did perform really well in the in the championships only a couple of months before it, having beaten John Joe Joyce in a in a in a in a humdinger of a final on 17-15. If I could have went either way, and I knew after that that I I had an outside chance. Um, if I if I performed to my best, but I suppose the names that you called out, I suppose it would have been maybe there was there was a couple of household names that were looking to go to traps on to qualify. And listen, I performed really really well, and Alan will tell you that. You know, a lot of it is on the day. You have to perform. You need a little bit of luck sometimes. And everything everything went my way that week. Uh, I, As you said at the start, I needed to get to the final. So it wasn't going to be easy. I needed to tri- win three fights. But prior to that, um, I, I think the reason I qualified, obviously I came through a really tough championship. So I beat Michael O'Reilly. I beat Willie McLaughlin. I beat John Joyce. I beat... Wow, well, yeah. Beat, a big it's a stellar lineup, yeah, yeah. I did it the hard way, and that stood to me. But I tell you what, also stood to me. We went to Kiev, and we trained for twelve days in Ukraine, and that was a grueling week. That was a grueling twelve days, um, sparring every second day, sparring the some of the best guys in the world, and taking unbelievable punishment at times. But I was well equipped and very well prepped going into Trabzon, um. And I, I peace of mind going in there, knowing that, uh, with the, with the, with the training I had behind me, I knew that I, that I'd give it a good go. Yeah, um, they, that, they should that, fear me. They should fear yeah. me. No, no, I've, yeah. And that's that's that that was it. I, I sparred, I sparred some of the best guys, you know, and um, held me on most of the time. Uh, and I, I, and I felt good. I felt really good uh, physically, and mentally going into going into Trabs. And we obviously Jerry Hussey is a sports psychologist, and Conor McCarthy is the physio with a great team, Billy and Zor. John Cleary, strength and conditioning coach, um, and we had a really good backroom team. And um, as I said, the great, greatest week of my life. I, I the uh, 
the 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 only time he actually uh, I got dropped, I got dropped in the first fight again a pole. Uh, a guy from Poland, and he hit me with a stiff jab, and I knew when he hit me with this jab that he could really, really punch. And it was on computers back then. Uh, I think 2012 was the last year of the computers and the and the head guards in in, in the amateur ranks. And uh, I won 11-6 or 11-6. But he caught me. He dropped me in the last round with an overhand right. He hit really hard, and I weathered the storm. I got up, and um, I, I held on to win 11-6, and um, the dream yeah, was over when he, he dropped you. Did you think the Olympic dream was over? Everything you'd been through, winning that Irish tournament, everything you'd been through in Ukraine, and here it is, a Polish fella, Thomas Cott. Thomas Cott has put Thomas you in the Cott. pot. Yeah. yeah, I'm not good with names, but now I won't forget him. It was Th- Thomas Cott, and uh, I, I went on, a weather storm got up, and I, 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 I said I wouldn't exchange with him again because if he caught me a second time, the fight could have been over. So I knew it was four or five points up. There was about 40, 45 seconds. I jumped up a little bit too quick, so I jumped up and took one or two steps back. Billy, I looked over at Billy. Billy was looking at me to see was I okay. I looked over. I gave him the, the nod of approval, and um, he came in with a barrage of punches, and I just I just held my hands high because I didn't want to exchange. I knew I was winning by four or five points at that stage. So, yeah, I weathered the storm and went on to... Went on to qualify again. I suppose talking about the, the draw that I got in the seniors, it was a tough draw as well. Yeah. I really, I really, um, well, just to just to get through to your just to get through the next round, Azerbaijan, uh, Tamerlan or oh, Abdul Abdulayev, um, from Azerbaijan, you beat him 17 13. Sounds like an absolute humdinger of a fight. I do remember if there was very little video footage coming out of Trabs on because Joe Ward lost to the home fighter Bakram Muzaffar, and we never saw the yeah. video of it, even though I believe yeah. it exists. And the, High performance team went through it with a fine tooth comb, and they almost went to the court yeah. of arbitration for sport about that result, didn't they? But um, we never really saw the much video from it. And like seventeen thirteen against an Azerbaijani to to qualify for the the winner takes all fight against Romania, Enot uh, Georgie, and uh, the semi final for you. And that's where like you're there, Billy Walsh, who's coached you from a young age, and you've become the I think you've become the next Olympian since Billy Walsh, nineteen ninety eight. Yeah, that, that, that's from Wexford. Right. Sorry, I, yeah, from Wexford. Wexford Olympian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I sparred that guy in a CC. Um, I sparred that guy in a CC. That I won't try and pronounce his surname. The guy from Azerbaijan, and it was touch and go. Again, he punched hard. He was a southpaw, and I knew that if I performed, I could take him. But I knew it wasn't going to be easy. And um, you knew very little about the Romanian. I knew he'd been on the go a long time. He won a bronze medal from the Athens Olympics in '04. Well, right, yeah, yeah. Um, so he was. He was coming to the, I suppose he was in the twilight of his career. He actually boxed in Beijing as well. Uh, got bent in the last 16, but I think he was he was gone 30 at that stage. I was only coming up in 25. Um, but on a Georgia, yeah, from 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 Romania. Um, when that final bell, well, that was that, that was probably probably my best performance, even though that's the one where it was, you know, I felt the most pressure. Walking through the ring, my legs were like jelly, but I performed out of my skin. I think I won 19-10 and when that bell went, you know, Billy Walsh was last week, man, you, you, you do dream of these things, I suppose. The guys that are, I'm not running myself down, but the guys that um, have loads of talent and are used to winning, the likes of Katie Taylor, Michael Conn Paddy Barnes, they qualify for Olympics. It's great at the time, but for me, from a, for, you know, a little lad from a little rural village outside of Enniscorty, um, you know, to qualify from a big GA club, actually, you know, um, 
it was it was a dream come true. Yeah, I'd love to relive that weekend, but it was absolutely brilliant. And it's just the backstory too was that a local priest moved into the came came to the area in, in 1959. A, a great man by the name of Father Frank Staples. He moved into the Ballock in 1959, and he started up the Ballock Boxing Club, um, which was the only rural boxing club in the whole of County Wexford. And they came from all the neighbouring parishes at the time, and my father ended up coaching there. So that's the only reason how I ended up boxing, really. So I have a lot. I have a lot of um, I have a lot of thanks uh, for for that man, a lot of gratitude for for that local parish priest back in 1959. Because if he didn't bring boxing to the ballot uh, back then, I probably would have never put on the. I probably would have never donned the gloves. You know, only for him, and obviously then mm. after that, my father. You know. Yeah, of course. Yeah, Alan, we're looking at this. We're looking at this tournament in a, in a, in Milan, and eight really talented boxers there uh, going to it. And like I said in the introduction, like a couple of them are going to change their lives now at the start of March, uh, and for the much for the better. We're we're listening to Adam telling his story, and what do you think is going to determine who qualifies? Because it's not always like the most talented or the biggest names. It's someone who needs to hit lightning in a bottle. Someone who needs to hit the top four, maybe won a tough yeah. championships back in November, maybe has been denied just too many times and refused to lose on this occasion. Like it's. It's a, it's a huge one. Yeah, I think it's a matter of kind of who settled into the tournament. First of all, we've seen plenty of times that um, sometimes our greatest talents, they don't maybe settle into the tournaments and their performances suffer as a result. But I think you've already alluded to it earlier, Kevin. I think that this takes place in Italy. It's an awful lot more familiar setting than, we'll say, the Middle East or someplace maybe up north towards Russia. So they're in the European Union. Um, they'll be able to access, you know, English television on a relaxed time. They'll be able to have familiar foods and offer more accessibility to kind of familiar foods and, and more comfortable situations. So I think if they get comfortable, they can go out and be there. Now, I was just taking a look to earlier myself and, you know, it's quite a young team. Um, there's no real kind of old dogs on this team out there. They're now plenty of experience. Don't get me wrong, but just quite, quite young in age. So to think the familiarity of kind of having the, European Union commodities might it might be a big help to them, a big ease. And look, they've travelled everywhere. They've been in some fantastic tournaments to build up towards this in the last number of years. So uh, hopefully they'll be familiar, they'll be comfortable and ready to perform. Yeah. And like, there's a couple of, I mean, to most listeners are probably to the show are very much interested in their boxing, but there's a couple, there's a couple of potential breakout stars among the eight. Obviously, like people, sports fans in Ireland would have seen Aidan Walsh at the last Olympic Games. Uh, you know, we know what he's capable of and Granny Walsh has been on the scene for a long time, but there's a few like breakout names. I think like the likes of Martin McDonough, Keelan Cassidy, Jude Gallagher, like they could take their chance here. Like if, if some, if things start to fall right for Sean Murray, he's going to be very difficult to beat. Uh, we know what Dana Morehouse is capable of, like all her success so far. And Jennifer Lahan, when things go right for her, she like, she's a, she's a force to be reckoned with as well. So it could be any one of these uh, eight members of the team. It could be, it could be, and look, it's the Adam Nolan of this of this story, really. Yeah, absolutely. But you know, and wins the thing. I mean, like, and goes and wins it. Any one of the eight, like, it's possible. It's possible mm. because in that international tournament, they they've they medals. I mean, look, our one of our our, our youngest, probably our youngest heavyweight champion ever, that's gone out meddling out uh, out in Strangia. You know, he's a phenomenal talent. We all know that, but you know, he kind of came from well, not from nowhere. He was building up for not long, but as a senior elite, he came from nowhere. He medaled, got a bronze medal in Australia, which was an elite tournament. Plenty of more experienced and more composed, allegedly, boxers kind of fell, fell along the way by the wayside in that tournament. But, you know, 
again, you've Aidan Walsh leading the charge here in Italy. Um, now, if my maths are correct, I think Aidan is 26, nearly 27. He seems far more experienced. He's been around forever. Uh, the same with his sister. They're kind of, they're stalwarts now in, in boxing already before they're even in their 30s. But, um, you know, the, the, the talent there is absolutely immense. My eyes are on uh, Jude Gallagher. Um, just on the hellfire that he came through in that last elites, the performances he put on, um, he's, you know, he's a brilliant time. What are we even talking about? I mean, you look, his elites were absolutely fantastic. This is his second Olympic qualifier. Um, the guy he lost, I think, is, is he's gone on borderline kind of, um, he's a Cuban and he's borderline kind of, uh, qualifying already. It's, it's, it seems to me that, you know, it's just, it's set for him. And it kind of breaks my heart a little bit because, you know, my buddy Adam is going to, going to miss out there. But at the same time, you know, it's, it's all going to seem to be stacking up for him. And so, he, he, I think of Adam's story when I think of Jude Gallagher as well, because if Adam won that ridiculously stacked welterweight division back in 2012 and went on to qualify for the Olympics, and he, he, he puts a bit of truth behind it, the idea that if you can win the Irish championships, you can yeah. win anywhere. Like if Jude Gallagher was able to win that recent featherweight t- championships in Ireland, he can, he can win any tournament in the world because we saw the quality that was there. And we discussed it on the night in our post elites podcast, but like there was champions from 54 champions from 60. There was Commonwealth champions. There was, there was class all over that 57 kilo. And yeah. for Jude Gallagher to emerge on top, he's ready. He has to be ready. Now's his time. No more than our colleague here on the show, Adam, you know, iron sharpens iron. He came through like an absolutely fantastic division with O'Reilly, McLaughlin, Joyce, and, you know, um, Obviously, Jude did the exact same thing with Eagleson, who had beat Luna already. I mean, that's a massive feat in and of itself. And then Adam Hessian as well. We beat David Joyce. I mean, think of the quality there. We'd be proud to have any one of those guys on the national team. And that would yeah, be us. superb. Yeah. This yeah. year, right now, the guy who's kind of the best of them with the most accolades. So it's, it's great to have that. Yeah. And like the team has picked eight, eight boxers, but there has been a bit of con- controversy about some of the selections. I think mostly. In the Adam Walsh being selected, Adam, uh, Aiden Walsh, sorry, pardon me, Aiden Walsh being selected over Dean Walsh, your fellow Wexford man there, Adam. What do you think? What did you think about that? Obviously, Dean won two elite titles at 71 kilos across the, the 2023 calendar year, but didn't get selected on the team. And I know he's very upset and his supporters are very upset. And like, there's boxing loyalists that would be very upset as well. Two elite titles in one year would normally entitle you to a place on the team. What do you think of that selection, Adam? And I don't want to put you into too much of a, yeah, I, I, a yeah, hot spot there. I have to be able to give it. By uh, right, I probably should give a political. Cur- uh, I should be very PC about it. But look, I was very disappointed for Dean. I was on to Billy mm. about it, and I was extremely disappointed for him. I can see why there was an outcry, um, why there was a lot of anger, especially from I suppose his followers uh, down here in the southeast. Um, He'd been shown off a lot. He, he, he fell off the horse, I suppose, after he didn't qualify for the Olympics in Rio and went down the wrong road. Like, like can happen to anybody. Mm. Um, and showed great resolve and resilience to get back to where he, where he did. It was a great, it was a remarkable, a remarkable comeback story. And I was up at the, uh, the, the semi-final and final last year. Or sorry, it was a February 2023 where, where he, he came back and, and won his first elite title in maybe four years after, we, after going through a rough patch. And obviously, for one reason or another, Aiden Walsh didn't enter the seniors this year, okay? Um, or the elites, um, or Dean and McKeever had a, had a, had a great scrap in the final. But I just, I think it's grossly unfair. 
Um, back in my day, I always gave out about box offs, but now looking back on it, at least with a box off, members of the public could come in and pay their money and look at the fight. You'd have five judges ringside judging it. So there was a little bit of transparency. Um, there was accountability, but now I think for, and I'm looking at great time for Zoran. He's, he's living in Bray a long time and I, I keep in touch with him. But I think to have a test match behind closed doors to determine, uh, who goes to a massive tournament like this, it wouldn't sit, it wouldn't sit right for me. And I think that the outcry and the disappointment that was shown was, was justified. I just think it's, mm. I just wouldn't agree. I just wouldn't agree with it, Kevin. It wouldn't sit well with me. And I know they've tried to go down. They've exhausted all avenues um, in order to try and um, deal with it. Go with it. Is, it, is, it, it is what it is. What hearts, it is. Now, yeah. it's, it's, it's not Aiden Walsh's problem. It, no. in, in this, it's not Aiden Walsh's problem. Aiden Walsh is a great bit of stuff. He's an Olympic bronze medalist and he's the one guy after I retired, I said, oh, did I retire? Did I retire? <laughs> yeah, he's the one guy yeah, yeah. that I look at and I'd say, no way would I like to fight him because <laughs> he's so elusive. He's so tricky and he's very, very good. But I do feel, I do feel for D, for Dean Walsh. Um, again, not Aiden Walsh's problem. I wish Aiden Walsh the very best of luck. Uh, well, I, I, I think Aiden Walsh is going to qualify, and I think he's looking. You yeah. know, he could get back on the on the podium mm. as well. I think Aiden yeah. Walsh is a genuine world beater. So yeah, anything, yeah. anything, any comment on this situation? I don't think disparages him personally or his uh, no. his abilities. Like the, no, the guy I, I, is an, a the guy is a class act in and out of yeah. the ring. I think that you know you you notice know as well. Like in your yeah, no, I, I, yeah. I know. I, yeah, that that's it. You look. You could talk like house from home. Aiden Walsh is, is a class mm. act. It's 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 nothing. It's not his problem. He is a, a proven world class fighter, and I've no doubt that he can he can uh, become one of the few two time Olympians for this country. Yeah, I think another another couple. Obviously, um, like Alan, I'll, I'll throw these to you. Like obviously, Amy Broadhurst has missed her chance to attend these qualifiers. Was beaten at welterweight in her in the first qualifier. Uh, by the English girl, wasn't she? But then she, you know, she, having lost to Grony Walsh, and then Grony Walsh did the double in 2023, uh, edged past Tina Desmond. Grony Walsh gets a chance now to qualify, and it leaves Amy Broadhurst's future, I guess, up in, in the amateur ranks, up in the air. There's another qualifier coming up later in the year. She might get another chance, but if Grony Walsh, you know, knocks it home at this stage, she'll qualify. And obviously, there's another, there's another one. Jennifer Lahan, Neve Faye, they're they're tight, aren't they, Alan? Like, I mean, that's it. That's a difficult choice. I know the phase team are bitterly disappointed yeah. that, uh, that she's not being chosen. But I suppose that the result of the last elite championship final probably put that one to bed. But yeah, I'm sure like her her caliber as a European champion at all levels on the way up. And, mm. you know, she, she definitely would have been targeting this Olympic Games as a breakout. Need Faye. Yeah, well, you know, in a way at the moment, the, the senior elite final come kind of like the best soap opera in Irish in, in Ireland at the moment because the drama you have there is absolutely unbelievable. Um I think when we last spoke, I think I told you that beyond a doubt, Grony Walsh deserved her spot on the Irish team and to go to whatever qualifier she had. And the reason that I gave was that that in last year certainly she'd been a giant killer. You know, she she went through Broadhurst, she went through Desmond. On the way to that, she also beat Casey Rocks, who, who for me was one of the best up and comers last year. I thought she had a phenomenal year and Grony was beat her. Now, I think Walsh's side is fantastic. Now, 
when I spoke to you last at the elites, um, I said, you know, beyond a doubt, she has to go. That's it. But if I go with that logic, so did Dean Walsh. You know, so it's it's a it's not as simple as that. No, I think it was oh, the selection criteria were announced the 13th of November last year, and I think an elite title was on the list, but it wasn't a prerequisite. It didn't have to be there. It was down to assessments and whatnot again internally, and that makes it really ambiguous and makes it kind of objective. And we all prefer different boxers. We prefer different styles. Um, and I mean, look, Aiden Walsh has kind of been scrutinized over because he's an into the elites. But with that guy, you know, in any contest, it seems to shadow his own life. If you give that guy a chance, if he gets ahead by a couple of points, he becomes like a shadow of a ghost. You won't catch him <laughs> and lead you a merry dance around the ring. But the funny thing is now he's going to do that in this tournament here. He, he, he's got a, a sniff of a chance. And I think he might be able to take it all the way to the Olympics. Um so it would be nice to have more open and more transparency in the selection criteria. And one thing I said is the assessments that they have internally, I'd pay go watch those. You know, <laughs> if they had those in the stadium, I'd gladly go pay and watch. Mm-hmm. And I think it might be more apparent to everybody that you know, there have been some complaints about it. But you know, we all have our complaints and our gripes, and there's certain boxers that we'd like to see making teams get opportunities, but isn't it a wonderful position to be in where in at least four or five different weights we're saying, well, I wish this guy or this lady or this guy could go. We have that depth with us three or four every weight, so we'd be happy to send four to Olympic teams. And obviously from the recent World Championships and European Championships and the Senior Cadets and Cadets, we have more boxers coming along of that caliber. So I think, you know, it's a... It's it's good to be able to be a choosy beggar, you know. <laughs> we're, uh, we're in good position. Uh, Who's your wild card? Who's your wild card? I know you know plenty about um, Martin McDonough. Like obviously, maybe some listeners might know too much of my. I went to see Martin McDonough, the newly crowned Irish uh, elite super heavyweight champion. I went to see him over in Ballybrack, sparring six rounds with Joseph Parker, who went on to beat Deontay Wilder over in Saudi Arabia. And I was blown away by the talent on display from the modest, the gentle giants. Martin McDonough, I, I, you know, I'd met him in the run-up to the elite finals, spoken to his father and his brother and stuff like that. And I think he, he'd won four Irish titles in 10 months and that they were praying that he would be sent to this uh, Olympic qualifier and they were hoping it wouldn't be assessed that he was, it was too soon for him because he, he's not long out of the novices really. But his progression has been staggering. He's just turned 21. And uh, can he do it? Can he do it? What a story it would be if he could do it. You know, it's 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 funny that um, look, he's only twenty years of age. I I believe, I believe he's had eleven contests. I think he's had eleven contests, maybe twelve at the most, which is pretty incredible. Now he's from a staunch boxing family. Um, his family, the Smurf McDonalds, they run Galway Boxing Club. Um, his uncle Eddie is uh, he's one of the best referees we have here in Galway, and you know, a, a boxing man through and through, and. Uh, they just they, they they sleep, eat, and breathe boxing every day. Now Martin, although he was a novice and he did only start, you know, I think to twenty nineteen, and um, maybe even later than that, and um, he all his family had been around boxing, would have had a knowledge, would have been a good spectator. He took it on himself. He blazed the novice championships, the under twenty two, the senior intermediates, yeah. and then on to the elites. Now, um, you know that's all very impressive on paper, and you know it's. 
fantastic achievement to me. And we all know that's special. But what even better, even more special was on the in the late finals, he boxed the guy uh, match really. So nice, nice. Go. yeah, that's we the Bang. Um, that guy was he's a Georgian. He was a very big, athletic, incredibly strong man, and you could see that Bashvili was very confident going in that he was going to win. Not only win the the elites, but win by a knockout. And Martin adjusted, got up on the toes, and he moved. So there's a lot of athletic capability there. He's not just a huge six foot six or six foot seven sort of a, a lumpy. He's a real athlete. Mm-hmm. Um, and as you said, he's had that fantastic caliber sparring recently. Uh, the likes of Joseph Parker, I think Adam Lanyard, you and I spoke about earlier. He's, he's really going on. And uh, can he do it? It's a very, very, very big ask. I mean, this this doesn't happen. This is fairy tale stuff for a guy with under 12 contest to be going to Olympic qualifier, yet alone talking about going to the Olympic, uh, the, the Olympic Games. But why not? <laughs> why not? It'll make a great movie, and I'm I'm, I'm absolutely behind him. As are all of Crumlin BC, his boxing club, and all of Galway BC, where his family come from. Yeah, Adam, any any breakout uh, name on that team that is, or any kind of dark horse maybe looking on that team? I know you were described as a dark horse yourself in 2012, and also any advice if any of the boxers were listening on how to kind of go about their business uh, at the start of March over in Assisi, over in Milan. Sorry. Yeah, um, I suppose at this stage, Alan is is in the loop, and I've been out of the loop now for quite some time. From 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 looking at the elites, I think you know. Look look at the look at the caliber of boxers that uh, Jude Galler had to get through. Um, again, is is he is he a dark horse? Slightly. Um, I think Ronnie Walsh, if she performs, would look at. We can sit here and say that any of those eight yes, going to Mel- yeah, I, I that's and I firmly believe that, and, and I'm not I'm not just saying that. And I think you'd be on the same wavelength. I think any of those eight can go a long way in Milan. Um, some may get bet in the first fight. Some will go all the way. Some will get the last four and qualify. But I believe if they perform to the best of their ability, they will be they will be hard bet. Um, any advice? I just, I think, I think the the the, the training, this training camp on the CC, loads of sparring again, the again the again the the best in Europe. Um, listen to what Zor has to tell you, um, and it's easy for me to say think positive. But look, Jerry Hussey was a big influence on on me, the sports psychologist. He was, um, and again, it's like any sport, whether it's hurling or boxing, you have to go out there and you have to perform because you're performing at an elite level. You have to perform to the best of your ability, um, and just as as the great bit of advice that the billions all would give you. Don't worry about the outcome, and we we all we all do it in any sport. You look towards the outcome. You put pressure on yourself, and at the end of the day, when you're in that position, it's hard to think that it's only sport. Sport plays a massive role in all our lives. But it's one round at a time. Don't be looking at the outcome at the end because if you look at the outcome, it's going to affect your performance. Each minute at a time, each round at a time, and then the outcome will look after itself if you stick to the process. Lads, Zoranti remains a constant. Uh, you know, Going back to your time, Adam, and I think he's actually with the IBA 21 years at this stage. So he's been a constant throughout Ireland's boxing success story. Um, some of the coaching staff have turned around. Like I think, like 
from last year and the year before, like John Conlon has moved on, Owen Pluck has moved on, and now in have come Lynn O'Shea and James Doyle. Do you think the, the movement behind the scenes will cause a, an overall negative effect or a positive effect, or will it worry the boxers at all? Or No, I don't think so. I think they'll, be, they'll remain focused on the job uh, that's ahead of them. I think if the main man, the man at the helm, I suppose, if, if, if he was to uproot and move on, uh, like what Billy done on the eve of, of the Olympics, really, uh, in Rio, um, probably didn't help. Um, and all the turmoil and national news that it, that it, uh, gained as well. Uh, look at, look at what happened in Rio. It's was it as a result yeah. of Billy, was it as a result of Billy leaving? Um, possibly had an influence in it, but I think Zoranti is the, is the catalyst. I know some of the, of the coaching staff have left and moved on, as you said, but Zoranti is at the helm. He's the main man. He is Irish boxing. Um, you know, since, since I can't believe it's 2003 where himself and Billy, Billy came in. So he's there 21 years. Once Zora's there, I think there'll be no, um, there'll be no distractions. I think all those eight, eight, eight boxers going to Milan will be, will be fully focused on what they have to do. Yeah. Um, what, what do you think, Alan? Well, you know what? The coaching personnel, I mean, I think it'll certainly take a, a certain amount of a psychological toll. But at the same time, we have to look at the, in the last 20 years, there's been massive changes in the, in the HR around the high performance. I mean, you're talking about Nicholas Cruz Hernandez there for kind of a long term as well, but he moved out in Kim Zora and Billy. They did a fantastic job. Um, there's certain others that have moved away from it, like Eddie Bulger, gone on to Germany. F- fantastic coach. Another Wexford man, actually. Um, Oh, Liam, Liam Burton is, um, you know, he, he he's doing, doing what the Cayman Islands boxing team and then Billy McLean. I think Billy McLean might be back home now too, but he was our, our international coach as well. So it just goes this high regard Irish coaches have. And I, I'm, I'm really lucky myself to be involved with the national coaching setup as such. And the wealth of knowledge is there and it's been so freely shared with all of those involved. I think it's going to bring it up absolutely everyone so that no person is, is the key player. It's more of a, a team effort now. Everybody's putting, now obviously, look, Zor is a, a talisman, knowledge and, and high performance. He, he, he embodies the word. But at the same time, we've got an awful lot of really, really good young Irish coaches coming up now too. We're kind of looking for their spot and to contribute as best as they can to this mm. team and to the nation as a whole. So, uh, I'm glad you I'm glad you said what you said there as well about like passing on knowledge as well and uh and about the young coaches coming up because I will finish I'll finish on this point and really appreciate you both coming on. The line for this show, lads, but I wanna I want to put something to you, Adam. Obviously, when we got in contact, I asked, would you maybe pay your own tribute to Ollie O'Neill? And we we're talking about coaches imparting knowledge. The way I see it, he completed boxing coaching because he guided not only one of his <laughs> boxers, but his own son to the Olympic Games captained your team at London 2012. Ollie, obviously, uh, IABA Lifetime Achievement honoree in 2022, passed away this year. Yeah, and I think as Alan alluded to it there, I think we, we look at the Olympic Games and the World Championships and you see the national coaches, but we can't forget the work that the, that the coaches, at, at, at the boxing coaches at grassroots level uh, really do. And Ollie O'Neill epitomised this. Um I was, I went up to see him. I didn't realize he would have, he, he, he would have passed, uh, as, as, as soon as he did. And myself and dad, uh, went up to see Ollie and, and Darren 
the week before Christmas and he was in great spirits and he had the iPad out and he was communicating via the iPad and we, we went down memory lane and we chatted for hours and um, I attended his funeral a couple of weeks ago and I've, I've been to a f- quite a few and it was the biggest funeral I was ever at and it was testament to, ma- to the man really um, he was a great man um, he was a proud proud Kilkenny man proud Paul's, Paulstown man and uh, you know, been over over at the Olympics with Darren, Darren O'Neill and, and having Ollie there and having my dad there, it was it was it was it, it, it was great. But I suppose they really had a Darren and Ollie had a really close bond because since Darren O'Neill was a boy one back in nineteen ninety six, he always had Ollie O'Neill in his corner as his coach, as his dad, as his best friend, and um, he spoke highly of him during the eulogy and. A great man, taken too soon, but he he was the life and soul of of boxing in in, in Paulstown, and I would have spent many a time up there, many a Sunday morning up there, sparring down through the years, and he'd always welcome me with open arms. And no matter what background you came from, that was said from the altar. The priest spoke highly of him. No matter who, always had a word for you, always had a smile on his face, and he was just he was he was a great man, and um, he's going to be missed. In, in I'm sure his family will will. Will miss him, but he's he's going to be missed terribly by the boxing fraternity. I have to say that he'll be missed, really missed by the by the boxing fraternity. It was great to see, um, you know, the crews were there. Kenny Egan, the great McDowling, uh, John John Evan. There was a lot of great boxing names down in Paulstown. They came down to, to the Hawkinses of of um, of Belfast. They were all down paying their respects to the great man that was Ollie O'Neill. So um, he was he was a, he was a great man and. Um, hopefully, hopefully, Paul's Town Boxing Club will, will continue to thrive in in his in his memory. Yeah, no doubt. Fifty more years. Here's the fifty more years. Adam, thanks very much. That was a beautiful tribute. Um, and Alan, thanks so much as well for giving all your insight on uh, this oh, team and this this mammoth task facing uh, eight Irish boxers in the in the coming weeks. And let's hope they can uh, stick. If they, you know, five boxers already qualified. That's a lar- we're looking at a large team. I think you know, with two more qualifiers to go, we could be looking at. Please God, you know, you know I'm not going to put numbers on it myself. But one one thing we didn't mention, actually neglected to mention, I thought we'd come to it is, uh, is Keenan Cassidy, probably the most improved Irish boxer over the last five years. And you know what? I wouldn't put it past him. I I'm very confident that Keenan Cassidy will will qualify. Not to put any pressure so. on him. Um, so. You know, he's been to the, he's been to the top eight of the worlds. When he was just coming through, really, like uh, as an elite, yeah. as an elite top fighter, and he he really looks on song. I, I'm I'm quite confident he'll get through the qualifiers. Yeah, um, oh my you know, no pressure, any, Keelan, but he's yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Any any one of the eight could, any one of yeah. the eight could. So we're all behind them. But you're you're right, you're right, Kevin. You, you don't want to you don't want to put a number on it. But I don't know. You're the man to ask because your 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 knowledge of the game is so vast. Uh, how many? What's the largest team we've ever sent to an Olympic Games? I, I'd say this could could equal it or even 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 better any any boxing team we've ever sent to any Olympic Games. I think we're 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 gonna we're gonna go close. We've five already qualified with two with two two qualifiers re- remaining. So um, I assume I assume if you're accusing someone of having large boxing knowledge, it's Alan and not me, for God's sake. But um, well, both, well, both as far as I'm aware, both. as far as like like I mean, off the top of the head, Rio was the biggest team Ireland sent in the qualification era, sure. and obviously yeah. Michael Michael O'Reilly was tapped out before uh, the games even began. Um, Michael O'Reilly was the eighth member of the team, wasn't it? And seven members, then seven boxers took part. So okay. that was the biggest. So they just need okay. three to equal 
Now, yeah. you know, three, if three more boxers take part, you're looking at the largest ever crew yeah, yeah. at the uh, Olympic with, Games. With, with two remaining qualifiers, mm. that's certainly possible, you know. And yeah. like I said, there's there's eight names there. And there's there's more vital spots. There's still competition for those spots that second qualifier. So, I don't think the Russians yeah. are taking part in this world qualifier, this world qualifier either. So that will that will definitely open a couple of gaps if you don't yeah. draw the, if you don't draw the Russian. Like last thing you want to see. Anyway, we won't talk about that. But you know, no <laughs> Russians is is good. So. Yeah. Um, lads we'll leave it there we're all very busy I really appreciate you coming on the line today this episode of the Rocky Road looking ahead to these massive qualifiers in Italy for the Irish Boxing 8 the, fa- the faithful 8 thanks fellas 